Hi, this is Jerry Conway, and you're listening to Amazing Spider Talk. Welcome to the Amazing Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavostin, and I'm the founder and editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. And I'm Mark Giannacchio. I'm the founder of the Chasing Amazing blog and also an editor at Superior Spider Talk. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. Uh, for this episode, Dan, we'll be discussing Amazing Spider-Man. Dead more, no more. The Clone Conspiracy, number four, by Dan Slott and Jim Chung. Then we'll give away a prize, just one, <laughs> a prize. And then we'll close out with some uh, spider news and some feedback from you guys about some recent episodes we've done. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a great time, Dan. It's gonna be great. That does sound great, Mark. Am I selling it enough? It's gonna be, it's gonna be spectacular. All right, spectacular, amazing, friendly neighborhood. Let's get into our review. What's new? So, uh, Dan, uh, Clone Conspiracy number four. Um, Mark, you know, that's... The- the Clone Conspiracy Dead No More number four. Uh, no, we're just going to call it Clone Conspiracy or number four. Or is it four. Dead No More The Clone Conspiracy number four? It's it's ABC's, Disney's, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, so this was kind of... Based on how this whole story is structured, it, it, it really is, I guess, the, the truer follow-up to the big explosive revelations of... Um, the pre- the previous installment where we finally learn more about Ben Riley slash the Jackal's master plan of of you know basically bringing back to life all of people from Spider Man slash Peter Parker's past. Um, we we also get um some the first exchange between Doc Ock and Anna and his former flame Anna Maria Marconi uh since you know Doc Ock has been brought back um we kind of set some set some things up in terms of Peter and Gwen and having which we'll be getting into next week in terms of the outcome of that uh so you know some some movement some progression with the plot um I also feel like you know this was kind of the 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 issue as it should be it's the penultimate chapter of this mini series where the kind of the end game and the and the real drama unfolded with the with the carry on virus and, and all that spread. But um at the same token, you know, I, I, I kinda I struggled with this a little bit, um, Dan, because I wanted to like it more because I kinda liked how the story started to move forward, but um I'm still having some real big issues with some different character moments and and also just with some general logic gaps and kind of you know, mind-bending things that are sh- popping up all over the place that where you kind of, if you follow it through, you're like, wait, 
that doesn't make sense. Um, so, um, I mean, do you kind of have a, an overarching view of this? I mean, were you more in the in the favorable or unfavorable side, or what? What are you thinking? Well, you know, from for like half of this book, I was being I was pretty favorable on it, um, and I think that's appropriate because, um, you know, I think you kind of said this in your review, and you texted it to me after reading the issue. Is that this is probably the most dense thing ever written. I think you could probably, Marco, panel by panel through this issue and pick out all the things that are great about Dan Slott and all the things that drive you nuts about him. Uh, like, this is example A of Dan Slott and his oeuvre, if you will. Yeah, it, it, it's totally quintessential. I mean, it's it's big, bombastic things happening from a narrative standpoint. And, and you know, something that, like, you know, in in in, a, in an attempt to be positive about things, I mean, um, I actually because of how he was selling the stakes of of the spread of the carry on virus and kind of the, you know looking at the like fin, the the final pages of this story, like you know, this was kind of a, a concept that I've been lukewarm to since it was first introduced in what Clone Conspiracy number two, um, in terms of this this kind of walking dead slash Spider-Man um, theme. And, and I really do feel like this was the first time because of how well the drama was sold where I, I kind of bought into it. I was like, okay, this is, this has got some decent stakes and, and, you know, Peter's going to, it's going to get back to power and responsibility in a, in a, in a familiar and tangible way. I can do this. You know, I, I, I buy this. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, in in the in the path to get to that point though i mean there's like i mean there there it's not that there were no good moments i i there were actually a couple other moments throughout that i liked I, that i thought were good even even from a character standpoint i thought were good character moments and then there were some moments that were so confounding especially on the character level and you're just like like why where is the, it's it, it i think you know you talked about this kind of being the quintessential dance slot issue i mean i think this this really epitomizes his inconsistencies as a writer, which is probably, I mean, you know, when you really want to boil down to his flaws, it's, it's a consistency issue. It's, 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 he, he has a hard time maintaining a certain tone and feel and, and energy uh, and logic um, from start to finish in these stories. I mean, you know, we've seen that even when things are seemingly going great in a story for that, he's, that he's at the helm of. So, um, and, but this one just really wavered from page to page. Like you said, it was kind of, kind of amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think to, to echo the good things about this book, I think there's some really interesting things being done here thematically. You mentioned power and responsibility, which, you know, is never too far from any Spider-Man story, um, uh, in this regard, you know, regard to like cloning, you know, like the idea that Ben has all of this power, but none of the responsibility of it and, Spider-Man's own realization of his role in that and saying no to Ben. And and also the idea of like kind of accepting fate and being who true to who you are, you know, whether that be for Spider-Man realizing that the no one dies proclamation is childish to Anna Maria standing up for who she is and and how her body is perfect the way that it is. Um it's just to get to those things 
characters have to do stuff that like they would never do. And I think when we mean characters, I think specifically Ben Riley, who for the first half of this book, I was really digging as a character. Um, you know, he's kind of jokey about, you know, bringing people back from the dead and, um, and, and saying, you know, reasserting that these are the good guys. But the minute Spider-Man stands up to him, he flips into full on villain and and does things that are totally baffling from, you know, insulting uh, Anna Maria's height to, you know, having them, you know, arrange to kill Spider-Man. And none of this makes any sense to me. No, it doesn't make any sense, especially since we're, we're, we're under the impression that there, there, there has to be some kind of redemption for this character. Otherwise, why why are we going to get a series starring him, which we'll get to, you know, we'll talk a little more detail about it in the latter half of the show. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, like there's a big Ben Riley problem in this story and, you know, it kind of plays into my fears of, you know, that I brought up last issue where I was like, okay, it's a, was a cool reveal, but was this the right reveal? You know, is this was this was this really the time and the story and the way and the circumstances to bring this character back? Um, because you know, looking at how this comic is written, especially in the context of Amazing Spider-Man number twenty-two and Clone Conspiracy number three, I mean, you know, we're we're, we're we're seeing a lot of different characters here for just one character. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, right. like, I, like, I don't think there is a handle on who this person is yet. And, you know, this far along in the story and, and at this juncture where, you know, the, you know, what's hitting the fan. We, I think the creators should know who this character is. And I don't think they do. I think they're winging it. It's Is a that a fair assessment? Too, because like last issue, they really sold me on this new status quo for him only to feel the need to ratchet it up to the next level without doing any explanation for why he would act that way. Yeah, it's the it's just we're we're we're, we're oscillating between wanting him to be sympathetic, but kind of tragically sympathetic um, a la. Otto in Superior, you know, like I guess they're trying to capture that lightning in a bottle again. Um, but then, like there are pages. I mean, even even in the beginning where the character was a little more tame. I mean, it was it it still felt unfamiliar. I, I felt like I was reading a Miles Warren Jackal story. You know, like just more tame version. You know, like not the not the maniacal Jack, uh, Joker version that showed up in the nineties. And and um, I just it's well, like what's what's the point of bringing back this character if you're 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 gonna not really honor that character. It's like, you know, who, who there's gotta be something that's familiar there. And I think they tried to kind of play off that in the last issue of amazing by showing, well, yeah, there was a, that, that character at, at his core is still there, but he's so damaged, but like, this isn't damaged. This is now we're, we're playing a whole different character again, or, or you know, full on mustache twirling. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just just very odd to me and very problematic, and it 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 takes me out of it. And it's like, you know, why are we why are we why are you giving me this? Just just give me Miles Warren then, if this is what you're going to do with it, you know. <laughs> like, well, when in the beginning of the book, when he says like, you know, we love, we do it for love, in in reference, you know, to saving people, bringing them back from the dead, like. I totally bought that because I understand like the idea of bringing people back from the dead as clones. Like as so- I could understand someone with his history and his like misinterpretation, I guess, of, of power and responsibility, really thinking that what he was doing was a loving act, you know. But the minute he goes to, I'm going to replace you. And I've been, and that's been my plan all along because I haven't been dyeing my hair. It's like, what happened to all that characterization? I, 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 again, this is the core problem I think with this issue is, is this one moment where Peter stands up to him and he literally snaps his fingers and changes his personality. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not even. Not even a symbolic snap of the fingers. Um, and, and, and let it be said, you know, going back earlier in terms of the same moments that I liked, I liked the preceding moment of Peter standing up to him. And that, you know, I, 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 I thought that was, you know, when, when, you know, Ben is trying to kind of tempt him with the resurrection of Ben. And I just was like, I was kind of shocked in how familiar Peter's ultimate answer to him was this, this idea of, wait a second, you know, you have the power to bring him back. You don't, you know, you, why, why are you coming to me? You know, if you, if you, if you, if you really wanted to do it, you would have just done it. You're, you're, you know, basically Peter caught, caught wise to the fact that, you know, he was, Ben, Ben knew it would be wrong that to resurrect uncle Ben and uncle Ben would tell him so. So he was looking to kind of get validated for it by Peter and, you know, kind of use Peter's own guilt against him in that regard. Uh, and I just thought that was a really smart moment and a smart, um, discovery by Peter, you know, like he hasn't, I hate to be snide about it, but this Peter hasn't been that smart in a while. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I agree with you, and I love how it's like laid out in the panel with the white background to kind of make it a stark decision and and moment to stand up, and it's like you could cut the comic in half, and I would have loved it to that point, and then yeah. what follows is just I I don't even know where to begin, you know, it's just it's just totally baffling. Um, so like, but talking about stuff that went on before it, I mean, we've got. Two big things, and we can deal with them one at a time. The reveal of Haven, and we've yes. got the first meeting of Anna Maria and Otto. What, what one do you want to talk about first? Why don't we talk about Haven first because it's a, it's broader and, you know, it's it's another example of kind of the, the polarization of this issue because there's certainly some things I thought were really cool about it and then some things that aren't as much. Um, but... I mean, in terms of the good, I mean, like, I thought the Jim Chung has just totally shined on these Haven sections. I mean, like, I feel like, you know, we've been kind of pairing these these all star artists on these Spidey events lately, like Olivia Coppel and 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 you know now um, Chung, and it's like, 
but this one I feel like I really got my money's worth with some of these spreads, the character detail, just kind of, you know, the lizard playing soccer with Billy. I mean, these are like, <laughs> these are just like really like quirky comic booky moments, but also, I mean, we're not talking, you know, uh, George Perez, uh, crisis on the infinite earth's level of detail but there's a lot going on in these panels and i thought they were all really well executed sure 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 uh, speaking of the lizard what do you think of that lizard going to have family dinner joke uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was good i mean you know like I, I i i had some laughs in that section i thought it was like you know on the on the surface before you know before kind of getting lost down the rabbit hole of logic with it on the surface, it's kind of fun, but then I love the goblins chasing each other in the sky. Yes, and I guess like seeing Ned Leeds down there is, is final confirmation that uh, you know it's Daniel Kingsley in in the hobgoblin suit. I guess so. Yeah, I mean it couldn't, um, it couldn't be Jason Massendale because then who is the jack o' lantern? That's yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So it has to be yes, Daniel Kingsley. Yeah. Man. I'm losing track. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's but, really cool visually, but like And it was a and it was I mean not to cut you off, it was a good Ned Leeds moment too. I liked that. Like, oh, you you know, you got to tell Betty, you know, I got to talk to Betty. That's in the next issue, but but yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm well, okay. Sorry. <laughs> They're the same story. So you're forgiven. Okay. Like like one forgiving Peter. Now that was something that kind of irritated me even with um the clear follow-up in the next issue. I mean, you know, because like we were told from the reading order standpoint, you know, both, both this and amazing came out on the same day, but you know, clone conspiracy came first. That was my, that was my impression. This is why this, we're doing this episode first, I'm assuming. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was kind of like, you know, because I read it first and, and, you know, I was like, what's, what's with this, like, this blow through with Gwen, like I felt like that was a totally missed opportunity in terms of like, why even, why even tease that interaction if, you know, within the context of that issue, if you weren't going to address it, like, like you're, you're making me work as a reader too much to follow this story through. And that's very frustrating to me. Does that, am I being overly critical on that no i don't think so but i think the bigger thing for me was that it is a total 180 character swap from when she woke up angry at him and was co-opted into the man in red's unit because of her anger um and then got like getting webbed up in the back of a car like when did she have all this time to kind of come to peace with that knowledge you know yeah, no, that's very that's a that's a great point. I mean, you know, you're 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 looking at it even from that you know from a more logical standpoint than I am. I mean, I was just kind of like, you know, you're 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 just you're you're baiting something without like did did they even give you like a for more about Peter and Gwen reading to me? They didn't do that, right? In that, no, there's no editor's note. Like that would have been uh, perfect, and you know, wasn't there something where some of the art was mis was mis um miscredited in this issue? Uh, I don't know about that, but if you read the opening like summation, it's riddled with spelling errors. I mean, like way more than normal. I saw on Twitter Nick Lowe 
apologizing. I don't know if it was in Clone Conspiracy or ASM, but apparently there was another artist who did a couple of pages towards the end of one of the issues. There that is didn't get the credit. second Anna Maria stuff, uh, stuff, like the second part of that story in this issue does look very different than the yeah, first that, part. Yeah, that was a different artist. It wasn't Chung, and they didn't get credited in the story, and Nick Lowe was on Twitter basically like, you know, very apologetic, you know, but It seems like, great. I mean, like, I hate to keep saying this, but like, and I know Nick Lowe is a very busy dude, but like, he has all these assistants. I don't know why, it just seems like people are not reading this stuff. Yeah. No, I was, it's, it's, this was definitely, yeah, I mean, there's, there's been a consistency of, of some errors and issues uh, for a while now, but like this, this comic really kind of highlighted some of the, some of the problems. Um, now, the other thing with Haven, putting aside kind of the, 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 the whimsy of it and the look of it, uh, which were all great, I mean, well, first of all, this is all like a sub-universe, right? This is um, like under under the it's like an underworld almost, right? Like an they underground. They call it that way, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not even not even a kind of an underworld. It's an underworld. Um, is it a pocket dimension? I. It seems very, that there's like a dome over top of it, but then where's the sunlight coming from? It's very it's 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 very odd and logistically strange to me and um i think i said in my review that i'm putting this one right in the folder that's marked aunt may's nuclear silo (laughs) (laughs) because there's just bizarre things i mean sure okay he's got a little town in his basement right i mean there you go it's like it's like he's playing the sims or something um (laughs) it seemed to me that it was like an intentional callback to the like death dream sequence in ASM 700. It's yeah, it it looks very similar, but like, okay. In that vein, like how many times are we going to go to this? Well, like we see this, like, it's like, Oh, it's time for our quarterly, you know, like main street USA looking scenescape with all of Peter's dead friends and family. You know, Mark, it's so tired that I'm even tired of hearing you complain about this. I'm sorry. No, I don't apologize. It's just I've heard. I felt like just the other week we were saying the same complaint. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so that's Haven. Um, do, do you have any specific thoughts beyond that with Haven? I mean, it's fine, I guess. I mean, it's just <laughs> one of those comic book logics you kind of have to look past. Certainly, yes. we've seen weirder things. I think in the pages of right. Spider-Man. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, you know, I. You, it's funny you bring up the nuclear silo. I mean, for me, it's always you know, Aunt, the 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 nano bomb in Aunt May's brain that was set to detonate in <laughs> you know, when when you know after after an actress was hired to play her and fake her death. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's that, that is a whole other level of bizarre. Yeah. That's 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 the great John Byrne, ladies and gentlemen, um, <laughs> because it was stupid that they killed Aunt May. So let's come up with a stupider way to bring her back. All right. I digress. Um, Anna Maria Doc Ock. Um, I I liked this exchange and. 
I don't know. Like it, it, I felt it very satisfying. I felt I felt Anna Maria's defiance to be earned, but then like she she kind of gives in to Otto's brilliance to help him. And I yeah you know, I, I I got a comment. I don't know if it was on in the comment section of our page or on Twitter or whatever, where someone was kind of like, oh, you know. I didn't buy that, you know, Anna Maria's being all, I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to help you. Oh, I'm going to help you. But like, I, I, I also feel the way Otto, the way Otto was written in those sequences, like he was, he, he became, he more, you know, he went from arrogant Doc Ock to becoming the superior Spider-Man in her presence. And like, I, it, it, it felt real to me and I, I bought it. Did you buy it? Yeah, I bought it. I mean, she definitely, like, underlined it. She's like, let me be clear. I don't like you, but I can still respect your mind. Uh, which is kind of, you know, like hitting a nail on the head. But it was fine with me. Um, I liked that stuff. And I liked her response to um, Kane's assertion that she could have a perfect body, even if I feel like that comment is totally out of left field. Right. Well, you know, that's that's the the oversell on that regard. I mean, Anna Maria is a great character, regardless of her physicality. And I always feel like, you know, not to not to go down this rabbit hole, but, you know, I, I feel like there's like this overselling sometimes of no, she's a great character because of 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 her physicality. You know what I mean? It's like, well, well no, I mean, like that's that's. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a great character, regardless. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I feel that. And yeah, uh, and I feel like when you when you bring when you bring too much attention to that, it it kind of undermines the the authenticity of the character. You know, it's it's just you know. Yeah. Then it feels like you're trying to check a box. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like I like the assertion that Otto, you know. Just to kind of tie into that theme about, like, the perfect body and that kind of thing, you know, Otto uses his tentacles to grab Kane's head and pull right. it out and say, like, if I was in this body, would you accept me? And she's like, no, you know, I, it doesn't matter. Like, you're just a, a bad person, you know, or whatever she says. Right. Right. Um, and so I think there's some there's some interesting kind of body swapping things going on there. And uh, and I thought that was totally cool. Yeah. Now we didn't get a lot between Otto and Kane beyond that, right? I mean, which is kind of odd because it felt like, you know, during Superior when they they played up their history pretty pretty blatantly, and this time I didn't get that as much. I mean, is is are we? And considering that was during the Clone Saga where Kane killed Otto, you would think we would get another throwback to that, right? Yeah, I just wonder how much people are like truly recognizing who he is, like. And yeah. whether or not he's just another clone. Because Otto never – like he's got his costume, but he never acknowledges that he's Kane. He acknowledges that he's a clone that is degenerating you know, slower. So I don't know if he knows it's Kane or, 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 or what. But yeah, you're right. You, I would have expected something like that. But like um, Anna Maria never seems to acknowledge that it's Kane or – and. Anybody else who's there is not going like, oh, that looks like Peter Parker. You know, right, he's right, just so right. decomposed at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, just is, in, it is weird. And just in general, Kane's a very odd damsel in distress for me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> which is kind of his role at this point. 
and 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 Spider Gwen is still just kind of like you know looking into windows and scurrying off. Yeah, why doesn't she take action? I don't know, but I guess you know we gotta we gotta let Peter actually take action for once in his own book. You yeah, know, heaven, like, <laughs> heaven forbid. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. Let's talk so, about the second half of this book. Sure. You start. Okay, so <laughs> Peter gets you know you know Kane orders everybody to kill Peter, which they like. Do immediately with no hesitation at all. Right, right. Well, fi- uh, now we finally know why, why the uh, why all the villains were resurrected. <laughs> right, exactly. And and we have the reveal that Kane, not Kane, Ben rather, uh, plans on replacing uh, Peter under the mask and becoming Spider-Man, which I think goes a lot towards your superior Spider-Man mention earlier. Um, but for and then. Kane apparently steps into a one-second elevator that blasts him back into his uh, office where, like, things are transpiring with Otto and Anna and Gwen and all that. Um, And the big thing is that they find a way to kind of, like, reverse engineer what's causing the clones to degenerate. And it kind of goes into what we were talking with the first issue of this series – where we were talking about why are they talking about, like, the phone lines and stuff like that. Um, it turns out that, like, webware and the signals associated with, like, something like that, some frequency is causing them to degenerate faster. And Anna Maria figures out you can reverse that. Yada, 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 techno babble. Um, A lot of techno babble. They've right. solved the clone degeneration problem. Um, but Kane, or who, wait, who triggers it? Is it, 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 no, it's, it's Otto triggers it because he's upset with what Ben says. Yeah. And triggers the, like, meltdown siren that causes everybody to degenerate into carrion zombies. Right. Um, there's so many things to talk about this that are problematic, but, uh, <laughs> do, do you want to get into it at all or you want me to take it away? Uh, well, I mean, as a starting point, like it's highly inconsistent in terms of who starts degenerating and who's not. Like it's like, like you know, Otto is is degenerating, and and um, well, Anna Maria has been infected, right? Is that is that? To- yeah, but even before that, why is Otto killing himself? Right. Out of anger towards what he said towards Anna Maria. Like, it's true. I he's mean, essentially like he, committing I, suicide. Yeah, this guy who like fought so hard to get his body back. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, why would Otto end himself for anybody? Like, it's not even like he, I, I don't even get the sense that it's out of sacrifice. It's just more out of irrational stupidity. I guess which so. Not, which has never been what the character is. They literally just discussed what it would do, and then he triggers it. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so there was that. But then, like, Ben doesn't seem to be degenerating, right? And Nor neither Electro, does Electro, yeah. Because uh, why? Like, why are we saving Electro? I don't know. Is it people with superpowers don't degenerate as fast? Yeah, but weren't there some of the other villains degenerating? Like, wasn't. Oh, you're right. Yeah, they're all degenerating, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, so there's that. Um, Peter doesn't seem to be getting infected like Anna Maria is, even though he's surrounded yeah. by infected people. Right. Um, and Ben is just standing there super calm, like this is all normal, part of his plan. But he's yeah, alone. He's- but he's almost like catatonic about it. Like that was kind of my read of it, which I thought was odd. not even that he was calm, but almost like sedated by it. Um, you know, like, like, it doesn't even say at one point, well, yes, this is the end. This is the apocalypse or something like that. And you're just kind of like, what? <laughs> well, he should be dying along with it. Right, right. Um, very strange, Dan. <laughs> But I, I do think it is a cool way to ratchet up yes. the, the tension and the stakes. And I, I almost wish this had happened earlier. Right, um, right. Because well, I, like I, sorry. I, I was going to say, like, in a more general sense about this issue, a lot of this issue is a retread of previous issues. Even the reveal of, like, Haven is nearly identical to the arm-waving reveal of all the villains in issue two. Like, right, there had right. to be a way to condense this, get here in issue three, and and allow this to play out longer. But now it seems like we're rushing through it, and characters aren't reacting the way they should. But again, regardless, it is nice to see the stakes being ratcheted up. Yeah, I mean, in that in that vein, I really en- I, I really enjoyed seeing like them um, flash through to like people not at Haven or at Warren or at Ben Riley's lab. Um, kind of like, you know, the regular folk and having them start to go into meltdown. Like, like to me, that like was really selling the crisis. Like it was like, that's right. Cause it's more than just this community here. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not like there, this, you know, the patient zero is all confined to one thing and we're going to have to get some, um, really extraordinary plot logic gap introduced to get to where there's a full blown, um, epidemic. Um, these people are everywhere, you know, so, um, Chung really sells it. Yes. Yeah. Chung was great throughout on this issue. I thought, I Um, loved how he broke up the final page with the siren alarms and all of those images of people in the city. Yes. No, this is, this was one of the better looking issues of Spider-Man we've had in a while. And that's not to knock other artists. I'm just saying like this, this definitely felt kind of event worthy from an art standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Um, yeah, but it was so weird. And Ben again, Ben Riley, who is this Ben Riley? Like, I mean, did you get what I was saying with catatonic? Like, am I, am I misreading that? Like it just felt, he just stands still center camera, like having a dialogue with Spider-Man, but like, there's apparently this loud siren that's loud enough that people are, like, grabbing their ears and, like, clutching themselves. And yet these two guys are able to stand and just have a conversation, despite the fact that one of them should be literally melting, like, at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Uh, or I thought it was Last Crusade. No. Or is it Lost Ark? You're Lost, Lost Ark. Ark. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Last Crusade is going to be turning into a skeleton, which I guess maybe that fits with Carrion as well. So it's a mix between the two. (laughs) He chose poorly. Kalima. Kalima. (laughs) Well, now you're Temple of Doom. Come on. (laughs) That's like the, well, no. I'm going to say the fourth one is the worst one. (laughs) I like Doom. It's a roller coaster ride throughout. 
You liked Crystal Skull? No, Doom is Doom is oh, fun. Oh, Doom is it's fun. It's it's the Jedi of the Indiana Jones trilogy. It is, but it has its own unique charms. Yeah, but so is Jedi. I mean, Jedi's not a bad movie. Yeah, but, I agree. You know. I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we call the dog Indiana. Now I'm doing Last Crusade again. <laughs> um. Anything else on this you, topic? You know, there is one thing I had a question for you. Maybe you can uh, illuminate this for me. In oh, Haven, God. there's a little girl with a teddy bear. Who is that? Uh, little girl, little girl. She's, like, dragging this teddy bear around. I couldn't place it. Um, You're right. I can't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure one of our readers will have that for us. Yeah, if one you know listeners. who that is, e- email us. I want to know. Who the little girl is. Oh, I liked when when uh, Massacre was there. Who's giving Massacre these guns, though? Like, everybody gets to walk around, but Massacre's got, like, automatic weaponry. Like, like I definitely had this moment in Haven where it's like, I did this for love. I'm like, Massacre? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that guy, like, was it, was it wasn't that he decided to be evil. He had, like, a mental condition. Uh. Yeah, but that yeah. gets back to the whole thing. Like, why does he have a plate on his head? I thought these were fixed genetic creations. Right. And again, if he has a plate in his head, why give him an automatic weapon? <laughs> Everybody's walking around Haven playing soccer, and there's just this dude with a plate in his head with a machine gun walking around. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot him. I'm gonna shoot him. <laughs> yeah, right. Some Haven. Oh, anyway, what do we got? You got a grade? Yeah, uh, I'm giving this one a, a C plus. I like a lot of things in it, but man, it really bungles a lot of other things. Yeah, I'm, I am exactly right there with you. C plus for me too. Same same general thoughts. Why don't we get to some comments and emails? We got a we got a bunch of this episode. Yeah, sure. Spider. All right, boys and girls, of course, uh, you can always uh, write in to us and give us your feedback, either by uh, giving us a review on iTunes or uh, Stitcher or Google Play or YouTube, and we'll read that on the air. Um, or you can email us at amazingspidertalk at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us and hashtag it okay to print, and we'll, we'll read it on the air. Or you can leave a voicemail at Nine Red Goblin, the greatest hotline ever. Um, but Dan, it appears that um, well, first we got a voicemail from uh, Joseph uh, talking about his thoughts on the essentials. Why don't you play that for us right now, Dan? Um, hello, my name is Joseph, and um, I've been loving your podcast. I've been watching it since around the Marvel Now Spider-Man relaunch, and my favorite part about it is the essentials, and I really like that. that so I'll be sad when I see it leave. Um, yeah, thanks for everything. Bye. All right. Thanks for calling in, Joseph. A short and sweet message there. He's worried about the essentials going away. Mark, what do we have to tell our listeners? Well, I mean, the series is going to end eventually, and I think we still want to try and get your votes on what you all find to be the most essential of our essentials. Uh, and obviously, if we missed anything major. So, I mean, be on the lookout for that in, a, in a, another couple of months. Um, but Dan, I mean, you know, 
everything is uh, the one the one thing that's constant in this world is change and you know we've been doing this show a certain way for a while now and maybe in the future we'll 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 solicit you guys for some feedback to kind of maybe help guide some change and and certainly something where we talk about more classic issues if we certainly had feedback to that point i think we would be doing more of it don't you think dan does that sound like a fair kind of vague mumbo jumbo thing i came up with that's perfect kind of vague mumbo jumbo thing um yeah yeah, i mean that series is a was it always planned to be a fixed limited series and I know before that we were doing that regularly without calling it essentials, and maybe we'll go back to that. But I kind of like the idea of doing another series or changing things up and how we structure the show. Um, I don't think I would do another 30-episode series again. I think that was a little too long. Yeah. Um, But they're essentials, so I think people really dug them, and obviously Joseph dug them, so – yeah, I mean, I would love to do a series about controversial stories uh, to talk about because there's been a lot of – we do a lot of references to One More Day and things like that, and I think that could be fun to kind of dive into. Yeah, or or a series about underrated stories or a series about stories by a certain creative tandem or there there's a lot we can do, I think, you know, and I think we should – be mindful of the changes. <laughs> Certainly, Mark and I have not run out of Spider-Man to talk about. No, I mean, you know, unless unless you want us to talk about, like, you know, the B-books, then, then you're done. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Mark, we are approaching our 150th episode, so that's pretty cool. Oh, my. That's, that's the, uh, the double platinum episode. So, um... What anniversary present is 150th? Um, I think it's the... Um, I think it's Tombstone? a glow in the dark. It's a glow in the dark poly bag. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I was going to say it's the tombstone because very few people have made it to their 150th anniversary. There you go. <laughs> Certainly not in the podcast world. That'll be 400. 400. Oh God. Anyway, um, responses to our Death of Spider-Man episode, Dan. Um, we got a bunch of them uh, via the old. Uh, stationary old school email as the kids have it. Uh, why don't you read this first email from Furman Reyes? Yeah, um, Furman Reyes. Don't call it Furman, not Vermin, right? We're not, they're not, yes, <laughs> we're not, Furman, we're not doing not that. Furman. <laughs> that that's going to be his like uh, Stanley middle name. There you go, Furman, quote unquote, not Vermin Reyes. <laughs> uh, exactly. All right, so uh, Furman says. Uh, back in 2000, the Spidey titles were a mess. I think that's true. Um, yes. Mary Jane had died. Peter was living on the streets. And when he was not depressed, he was trying to bang Gwen's cousin, Jill. Then along came Ultimate mm. Spider-Man. And compared with Chapter 1, it was exciting, fun, and with great art. And it truly read as a Spidey for the new millennia. I read and continued to collect the series until after issue 70, that strange story, which was not a great story, I admit. Uh, when the concept was less Spidey and more Marvel team-up. Nowadays, I can't stand a Bendis story. Dan mentioned it a couple weeks ago. A Bendis story doesn't read modern anymore. I'm afraid to reread the Ultimate Spider-Man and find the stories haven't aged well. Um, Furman, I think they've aged pretty well still. I mean, there's some, like, cultural stuff that doesn't line up, but that's true of, like, any Spider-Man story. Um, Mark, you just read it a couple years ago, so did you find that they were... Still pretty uh, uh, 
modern? Yeah, I think it. I think it does, but I do. I I do feel it loses steam after a certain point, and that's not even before we get to the Peter to Miles transition. Um, but I don't know if it's, it loses steam necessarily because of um, aging per se. I don't know. Um, I think it has more to do with um, just kind of the momentum of the series and 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 kind editorial of editorial interruptions. Editorial interruptions and 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 kind of losing the spirit a little bit, uh, you know. Like like I think things got a little too cute in terms of the alternate universe and stuff like that, you know. Like that elements, you know. Um, but I, I I enjoyed it immensely. I mean, you know, when I reread it, well, or I shouldn't even say I reread it. When I read it, you know, I was always kind of opposed to it and and dan was selling me on it and selling me on it and i and i you know like it's especially like the first hundred ep- issues i thought were all with a few exceptions like the strange story the deadpool story was always very odd to me um the wolverine uh body swap story that you liked? i liked that one <laughs> <laughs> excuse me <laughs> hey that story opened with both the writer and the artist bad mouthing the story well, I like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got another uh, uh, email here, Mark from Webslinger. Why don't you read that one? Yeah, uh, Webslinger writes in 2007. Ultimate Spider-Man uh, brought me out of a bad time after losing my job. I looked forward to every issue, and it was the best book out there, and was responsible for me picking up ASM again. Uh, Bendis did a great job. When he killed Peter, I was crushed. That was a terrific run. Issues one through one fifty nine. Did it technically go to one sixty or one sixty is... is the death? I think he was. T- it seems like Web Slinger was too crushed to enjoy that uh, that issue. I I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> um, we got another one here from um, a, a, a you know a constant writer on our website, uh, Dickon Knowles. Uh, you want to read that one, Mark? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Dickon writes, I kind of wonder if Bendis regrets having had Peter come back from the dead. Uh, to me, it feels like a massive mistake. Having ultimate Peter die felt like the proper conclusion to his story and added so much weight to the narrative as a whole. Uh, there are many points throughout the run where Peter struggles with being a superhero. He acknowledges the fact that he's a kid and this isn't something a child should be going through, but he endures nonetheless and his death is heroic and tragic. The following storylines were great and passing of the baton as if it was the perfect way to begin a new phase of his comic. To me, having him come back completely undermined all of that, all that worked so well in the story. And I can only imagine that Secret Wars was the final nail in the coffin for anything Bendis had planned for the character. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. I, I liked, I liked the point he made about like how a lot of the the ultimate run was about him kind of acknowledging that like a kid should not be going through this. And yeah, that, that, that is a fitting analysis for kind of how the ending all kind of comes together. Yeah, definitely. Well, Dickon, thanks for, thanks for writing in. Um, and then unrelated to death of Spider-Man, we, we did get an email related to um, the digital content comic uh, issue that we talked about um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, why don't you read that one, Dan? Yeah, this one's again from Furman, not Vermin Reyes. And um, <laughs> he says, uh, it appears one of Marvel's first free digital content will be Civil War Two. So basically, we'll have content for the series we don't care about for an extra dollar in our hard copy of the title. And uh, he says, with the dollar peso change rate increasing to almost twice or double in the last few months and the long distances to go to a comic book store in Mexico City, I'll definitely wait for the trade. This is a very bad move from Marvel. 
Um, although it seems like Furman, not Vermin, is going to be picking up the trade anyway. So they're going to be getting his money regardless. But yeah, I imagine buying it by issue, they would they would make a little more money than getting him to buy a book. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I did not think – I thought this was interesting because I did not think about how that affects international uh, readers. No, I think a lot of our international trade is going to be up for debate over the next few months, Dan. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> you might be lucky to get Spider-Man comics in Mexico. <laughs> anyway. Sigh. We're, safe space. Uh <laughs> With that, speaking of safe spaces, Dan, why don't we get to the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club? This is the part of the show where we talk about all the awesome things that our club is doing. And uh, one of those things we're always doing is giving away free stuff. And um, I've got an awesome poster to give away this week. Um, so uh, next week on the show, we're going to announce who won the poster. But the poster is for the new relaunch of Spider-Man, the Miles Morales series. So this is a cover of Spider-Man number one, this big, you know, like several feet tall poster. So um, – one of our members will get it on the next show. If you want to uh, uh, join our club and help support all the things we do on this show, the hours of hard work Mark and I put in. Mark, we put in hours of hard work, right? Yeah. I, I'm always hard at work on this show. <laughs> uh, well, maybe one of us puts in hours of hard work, but uh, yeah. I, I, I kind of just show up and go, hey, what you doing, Dan? Uh, not getting sleep because I'm editing this show. Nice. I hope, I hope, uh, I don't cough through an entire episode again and make you edit it. <laughs> well, anyway, check out our friendly neighborhood spider talk members club by clicking on the link to support the show on superior spider talk.com. And, uh, you'll get all kinds of awesome raffle prizes like we're doing right now with this poster. And uh, also, like, monthly things we send you in the mail, like uh, a bunch of comics. I've been sending out a lot of comics to our club members recently, these batches of ten comics. And I've actually been sending them, like, McFarlane comics uh, from Amazing Spider-Man. So not, you know, like, uh, not little stuff. I'm sending some seriously quality older Spider-Man comics. Sounds awesome. You're, like I said, I've been saying, I don't know where you're getting these comics from, but uh, I'm not going to question it, okay? Uh, all right. That's be better left unknown. So, uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, before Mark uh, 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 reduces me to a stuttering uh, uh, co-host here and his not-so-strict questioning, let's get into the spider news. So, uh, Dan, we got some uh, preview art and well, and an announcement that kind of what we knew was coming, that uh, Peter David and Mark Bagley will be writing 
uh, creating Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider. There's a new Scarlet Spider costume. Didn't they? I don't think I got the reaction they were hoping. <laughs> <laughs> I think the reaction was, "Why is Ben Riley wearing the Spider Side costume?" Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, well, you know, we were talking about earlier in the episode about how are we going to redeem this character? I guess you know if they went. If they had him go full Spider Side. That'd be one way to not redeem him. Is this the Spider-Side sequel that we were promised during the Superior era? Oh, my goodness. Do you remember that? Do you remember I that? I do. I do. The Jackal was, like, popping up then, right? I mean, wasn't that, you know, the long game, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it looks like he's got the Spider-Side costume on, complete with weird mouth. Uh, Mark, I've never been a fan of the weird mouth on the costume thing. No, uh, nor I. Um but it's not it's not the you can't judge a book by its cover, I guess. But um Can't you yeah, though? Sometimes I feel like you can. I don't know. I, I, I you know, I, I like Peter David, I like Mark Bagley, so I wanna I wanna give this a chance, but it just I don't know. This this seems strange and, and we kinda talked about this last episode too, I think, where it's like you know, in a marketplace where there's literally how many spider characters? Half a dozen. Running? Let's go through it. Let's go through it together. We've okay, got well, there's Peter. We got Peter. And then we got Miles. Uh-huh. We got Spider-Gwen. Uh-huh. We got Miguel O'Hara. Uh-huh. We got Silk. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, Jessica Drew is kind of being phased out, right? I mean, has she officially been canceled? Or? Uh, I don't know if officially, but I don't know if I count her in that because she was like an entity of her own, I guess, for a while. Yeah, yeah. But All that's right. so six that's, right there. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out. Um, that's six right there. Oh, you've Ven- got well, Kane. Venom. You got Kane, Venom. Yeah. Venom counts, right? Uh, he's a spider character. I guess so. But he's not like a Spider-Man clone. No, but I'm going to count Venom. All right, count him. Go ahead, count him. (laughs) Because it makes my point better. All right. And now we've got Ben Riley. Yeah. So there you go, kids. Lots of spider characters. And then Prowler. Not that he's a spider character, but it's like, you know, other tertiary characters with books. Like, you know, no wonder why there's so many errors in these books. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. That's mean. It just, there... I don't know. I mean, it gets down to the core thing of what Spider-Verse, I think, failed to prove is that Peter is special anymore. When there's literally – that's eight people we just named running around with spider powers. How special is Peter? Right. But even – I mean, even even if you want to put aside the specialness of it, it's like – I mean – I don't know. Like, I mean, you're, you're, I just feel like you're diluting your product no matter what. Yeah, you know, who wants even, to read all this? I just, I just don't know the people that, you know, like someone think of the children kind of a thing. Like, who are the kids out there <laughs> who are, like, buying eight different spider characters? I mean, like, you know, I think when we had Matt Little on way, way back, he said, well, you know, like, there's something for everybody. You want kind of like a, uh, the young young teen spider-man you got miles if you want spider-man from the future you got miguel if you want like kind of like punk rock spider-man you got spider gwen 
Uh, you know, part of the problem though is, you know, the more you go into these things, I feel like, like who is, who is Ben Riley appealing to at this point? Well, that's the whole thing. You're saying like, you've got, you know, a different one for each character, but the description of the story sounds like something we've already gotten before, which it, which is Ben Riley goes to a new city and he's a, he is Spider-Man's ethos, but will not but won't stop at killing people and he's wrestling with his vigilantism, you know, like, and, and how violent he's willing to get. Doesn't that sound familiar? Yeah. Is the he last going to... book called the Scarlet Spider. Except instead of going to Houston, he's going to go, what, San Antonio? No. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. He's, yeah, he's going to Dallas. <laughs> It's oh, like, no, no, I'm going to go to the Fort Worth area. Come on. I'm going to go to Abilene. There you go. Oh, now you're, now, you're, now you're dusting off your Texas knowledge. I wonder why. <laughs> well, we left off. We left off. Maybe he'll just be attending South by Southwest for, like, a whole bunch of issues. There you go. He'll, he'll, he'll um, you know, listen to some indie rock and then get free comics or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> So I don't know, Mark. We're going to try this out, but I, I think it's safe to say neither of us are like – you know, nor, normally if you told me Mark Bagley, Peter David, I'd be excited. But after 2099, like I guess I'm excited about Mark Bagley, but I don't yeah. know. I don't need to be buying another spider book. Yeah, and I forgot another one. Renew your vows. Oh, yeah. Duh. Of we course. Have, we have married Spider-Man in the mix. Yeah, right. Which I still am really digging that book. But Oh, uh, it's a great book. But it's like, seriously, how, <laughs> how many spider characters does one person need? Enough to keep Marvel afloat. I guess so. I can't. I you know. I'm waiting for the inevitable like Black Cat series. <laughs> you know it's coming. You know it's oh, coming. Oh, of course. You know. We got the Kingpin the- series too. Yeah, is that considered part of the Spider Book orbit? I don't think or? so. I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's he's just so daredevil now. But anyway, Dan, take us home, you fool. I will. All right, you can find all of our new amazing Spider Talk and old Superior Spider Talk podcasts at superiorspidertalk.com or find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube by searching Amazing Spider Talk. And if you do, please be sure to leave us a review. Yeah, be sure to check out our brother podcast, The Ultimate Spin, if you want to keep up with the adventures of Miles Morales and Spider-Gwen Stacy. The Ultimate Spin. Ultimate Spin. Mark, next week, what are we going to be talking about on the show? Well, even though it came out the same week that Clone Conspiracy number 4 did, we're going to talk about Amazing Spider-Man number 23, the, the Peter and Gwen issue, so... You know, be still your hearts, and who knows, maybe a certain reanimated Nazi skeleton made out of bees will show up. I certainly hope so. Uh, hopefully he'll, you know, have gotten through the, the jubilations of the last few days, and we'll have plenty to say. <laughs> well, you know, if you want to follow that Nazi bee skeleton, you can do that by fo- following him on Twitter at, at Nazi bee skeleton. Yeah, just don't punch him in the face, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Mark, if we wanted to follow you on Twitter, what would we do? 
Well, don't also punch me in the face, and you can follow me on at Chasing ASM Blog. And of course, you can read my writings and my reviews on Superior Spider Man dot com. My God, I don't even know where I'm writing anymore. I'm gonna have to go buy that domain now. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, where about you? Can, where can we punch you in the face on Twitter? Well, I don't know, Mark. How do you? Where do you land on this debate? Do you feel like it's okay to punch modern to punch day Nazi? Nazis in the face? <laughs> my <laughs> here's my thing violence is bad but the born in the usa remix of that video is so good <laughs> have you seen that one i have not but that sounds great uh, yeah <laughs> uh yeah yeah you can follow me perhaps i'll retweet that video mark just alluded to um on twitter at uh, at Sup Spider Talk, and like Mark said, head on over to SuperiorSpiderTalk.com to check out my writing. I have a review of ASM 23 if you want to catch up on my thoughts on that before going into our next episode. And of course, if you're there, please be sure to click on the Support Us link. We need all your support to keep the show going and to help us decide what we're going to be doing after the essentials. Excellent. Mark. Well, then. You well, and your well, well, uh, you and your uh, uncle often went on vacation, you know, and and you would go to these kind of, you know, you try to go to idyllic locations, you know, like it might not be Forest Hills, but you know, it, it could be at Forest Hills, but made perfect just for you. What were okay. the best vacation spots you and your uncle went to? Oh man, yeah. Well, um, you know, there there was this one time where. You know, I always wanted um, to to go fishing with my uncle Ben. You know, like it's 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 like come on, that's like classic Americana, right? You know, um, so except that the the water in the, in this Americana is poisoned, and if you eat the fish, you could get some kind of cancer. Well, we're not in Flint, Dan. I All mean, right. okay, <laughs> this is this is. I was actually going to say what we did was he would take me. Um, we would go up to uh, Alaska and go ice fishing. Oh. Yeah, right? I that mean, is novel. On. So, you know, very nice. And, um, you know, it, we, we were we – were, there was one time we were up there and, um, you know, did you ever go fishing for ice, Dan? It's, it's not easy. Fishing um, for ice or fishing through ice? Oh. I, I – well – yeah, I, I mean, I, we fished, we fished for ice because you know, like, there was one time, I, I, I caught something. It was this huge block of ice. I tried reeling it in, and I, you know, like, Dan, this haunts me to this day because, like, I'm like, I was, I was too weak, and and it was awful, and I'm trying to reel it in, and I, my uncle Ben comes behind, he's like, come on, son. You can you can bring that ice in. You can reel that ice in, and he's struggling so hard. And um, finally, he like yanks the fishing pole back, and this huge block of ice just goes flying at him and completely lops his head off. And um, you know, like because of the cold, it, it kind of like cauterized the wound. <laughs> I don't think you understand how cauterizing works. (laughs) Which allowed him to say. (laughs) Mark, this is the dumbest yet. (laughs) 
Who's the great Why are you fishing for ice? <laughs> That's also come amazing. Spider talk. Burr.